Welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. We're brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission. Here's your Wenting's word of the week. It is Vuelta. Mention that word to Bruce or any staff member the next time you are at Wenting's and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wenting's word of the week is Vuelta. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With the running season in full swing, it's time for you to take a swing at a personal best. Whether that's a 5K, 10K, or even a marathon, TriJoy can help. We'll meet with you in person to discuss your goals, make a training plan, and give you the support you need to achieve those goals. Email for your free in-person consultation. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page. On our program today, we'll help you get back to the grind wherever your workplace is. Our Fit Tip of the Week presents tips to help you with your short-term memory. As well, with the running season here, it's time to bring back the upcoming event schedule. And we've got some exciting running events to share with you. Starting things off, however, a feature interview with one of the most famous names in Canadian triathlon and multi-sport. Not only is he a published author and an aspiring musician, he was also one of the founders of the Skahal Lake Ultra Swim, the Peach Classic Triathlon, and was a top competitor at the Badwater Ultra Marathon. And of course, for decades was the voice of Ironman Canada when it was in Penticton. And now that the Ironman is back in Penticton, we all want this guy's voice to be the one that we hear at the finish line. Here's Steve King. Thanks very much, Kevin. Good to be here with you. Well, you've been a busy guy over the past few months trying to corral an interview. has been uh, a bit of a challenge. Um, what have you been busy doing for all these weeks and months? Well, uh, I do have a regular job. So what I'm doing on the weekends whenever I can and when available and when the races won't be, I'm there on race site uh, doing commentary, which I love to do. So tell us a little bit about your regular job that you're still going to. Uh, well, I'm an addictions counsellor and I specialise uh, with tra- in trauma. People who have been traumatised but are into alcohol and drugs and I try and uh, help them achieve whatever their goals are. And how long have you been doing that for? Because I know you've got a fascinating bra- background, uh, private investigator, but mm-hmm. you decided to get into helping people. Right. Well, when I first came to Canada, I got a job uh, working with young kids who had had some family issues and did that for about nine years and then decided in order to make um, consistent progress for the kids they probably needed uh, not only for me to work with them but for their parents to maybe change some of their behaviors and so I wanted to get into uh, one-on-one stuff with uh, people who uh, had children who were using substances and um, not leading healthy lives mm-hmm. and so I really enjoy the job and so I'm very pleased and fortunate to be at Pathways now for 30 years. 30? Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. Uh, a lot of successes, a lot of victories along the way. I like to think so. Certainly mm-hmm. it's what keeps me coming back is Absolutely. because people achieve their goals a lot yeah. like um, triathlon. <laughs> you know, sometimes things don't quite work out the way you hope. Uh, but oftentimes there's something even greater awaiting yeah, for you. Absolutely. Well, the last time I saw you at a race finish line was, was not all that long ago. Mm-hmm. It was uh, another running of the Skaha Lake Ultra Swim. And um, you go back in that race. I mean, the last interview we did together was about that race. But um, for two years in a row, this thing has been selling out. Any insight as to the race's popularity all of a sudden? 
Well, as you probably know, um, from 1985 onwards, I was a race director for the first eight years, and uh, we used to see numbers anywhere up to 45 to 50, and uh, then it was taken over, and I think the biggest number they ever had was 62 in terms of the finishes. Um, but there was that 13-year hiatus before mm -hmm. we got new race director in the form of Shelley Best. And so this was the third one that we've hosted now, it's hard to believe. And you, you think in terms of some of the incredible athletes, but what we did was say, because of the popularity, you look at the across the lake swim, Rattlesnake mm -hmm. Island, uh, uh, the Vancouver open water swims that occur there, Whit Lake Windermere. These are the ones for us, but if you look nationally and globally, there's many, many open water swims. So a lot of people have turned to master swimming and uh, gotten very much involved and, and using it as not only for triathlon, but as a, a single discipline sport that Absolutely, they really enjoy yeah. because there's lots of distances, um, lots of water, whether it be ocean or whether it be lake water. And of course, sometimes in a pool, sometimes there are uh, <laughs> deckers that go on out there and people are swimming back and forth for hours but i think part of it is that the big masters uh, groups are going i've just i met with carlin pipes recently as well she was at the finish line there of ultraman canada and i don't know if you're aware of carlin but uh, she holds 235 wow. world records in all between all the strokes amazing yeah. story huh. she gave me a copy of a book called the do-over which is her journey from the depths of addiction to being oh, a world okay. champion swimmer oh really and she lives between Kona and Kelowna wow so we're very fortunate and uh, anyway I, I think there's a lot of challenges that people are into Part of that is the age group upping, mm -hmm. uh, even people like Carl Donahue now. I saw him swimming the other day and he's waiting, he said the next couple of years are going to be big for him because he turns into the 80 plus division oh, sort of yeah. thing. And you know, there's, there's never ending challenges at that. And when you think of some of the incredible people we've seen, Serge Score, right, you know, yeah. with a 221, Casey Emerson with a 230, and this year young 18 year old Chantal Jeffrey yeah. for a third year. Uh, being the top female, but twice in those three years as one overall. The overall, yeah. And just prior to that, literally, she was in Lima, Peru for the Pan Am Games and mm -hmm. did two hours, four minutes for 10K. Oh, so we should all be so lucky. Phenomenal swimming. Yeah, so endurance sports has really taken off. I mean, it's always been part and parcel of the, you know, Okanagan lifestyle for mm -hmm. so many years. Um, just looking at the race results from uh, the world triathlon scene over the past couple of weeks, um, we had, of course, Tyler Millerschuk doing well, in fact, winning yeah. that um, Olympic test event in mm -hmm. Tokyo. And then over the weekend in Mont-Tremblant, Quebec, first, second, third, guys with mustaches, all <laughs> Canadian. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so can you think, I mean, um, I've been following this sport for a while, but Steve, you've been following it for so much longer. Um, could we call this the gold of age, golden age of triathlon, or do you see things maybe differently? Well, no, I, w I would agree with you. It's quite phenomenal right now with... Um, um, Cody Beals, uh, Lionel Sanders, Nathan Killam, I mean, one, two, and three, and as you said, the, the tag was <laughs> on the podium. Uh, it's brilliant for Canada, but I, I was around from the early 80s, 83 onwards, so I've had the pleasure of seeing lots of others as well. And if I look at the 90s, for instance, uh, you may remember Commonwealth Games in the junior division. We had Dave Smith, uh, Andrew McMartin, Eric Milamaki, these guys, one, two, and three. If you look at, uh, in Australia, at the World Championships, I was fortunate to be there as a CBC commentator. Mm -hmm. Joanne Ritchie winning, yeah. Terry Smith-Ross second, Eric Miller-Mackey winning the junior title. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, these were phenomenal results. Then we had um, uh, Carol Montgomery, Sharon Donnelly. 
Uh, also, Mark Bates, of course, in mm-hmm. New Zealand, when he got a fourth place overall with a sprint finish. And uh, that was, for me, fantastic to be able to watch these events. Yeah. And these were the guys who really got the events turned on. And, of course, Simon Whitfield in 2000 really elevated the game. And, yeah. You know, coming through from Pan American Games as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's someone who used to go head-to-head with Mark Bates in yeah. years when they were battling for national titles. And also, when you look at people still going strongly with sub eight performances at Iron, Brent McMahon. Yeah. And look at the time with uh, Peter Reed, uh, Laurie Bowden, you know, and what they did even here at Ironman Canada. Right, and they yeah. both took titles here and they won at Worlds. And uh, mm-hmm. Lisa Bentley, Heather Fewer, uh, Hall of Famers. So I would say the 90s was definitely golden. And here yeah. we are. It just continues mm-hmm. because of the massive events that are out there and the incredible athletes. So, we certainly have here in Canada. Yeah, I think Lionel Sanders summed it up. I mean, ca- uh, Canadian triathlon, at least at the, you know, he was referring specifically to the Ironman distances, is in pretty good hands. Mm-hmm. So, in, in fact, with the Olympics coming up in, you know, next summer, uh, things are uh, interesting times ahead. Certainly are. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. And I think that's what keeps us all excited. Yeah. We know we're in for some great battles. I mean, you see how close some of the ITU races are these oh, days. Just, it's just extraordinary. Nail, nail-biting performance. Let's jump into that and uh, discard some of these questions. So uh, last year we had this interesting event. You were part of it, the race announcer, for the Super League Triathlon. Mm-hmm. And um, I was there for every second of it. And from a spectator's perspective, totally entertaining. I mean, we started off on Friday night that almost otherworldly Friday with the smoke coming in and the sunlight peering in and I saw you at the announcer's booth and then there were the athletes and what a what a memorable time trial event that was out yeah. uh, out by um, Oliver. Oliver, yeah. Area 27. Um, what were famous. your thoughts about the Super League? It's, I mean, it's a shame that it couldn't be, you know, brought to uh, Penticton to run for a few more years, but it was interesting. What did you think? Well, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I believe it, it. I hope it could even come back because yeah. to me it could totally complement yeah. uh, Ironman being back here because they even moved it to the week uh, uh, before what would have been Ironman week and the week that right. Kelowna used to go. Yes. So the timing to me was perfect. Bringing these world-class athletes is perfect and seeing the speed. And I think a lot of age groupers really got it after <laughs> that. They were excited yeah. because it also meant uh, doing multiple transitions as quickly as you could. Yes. So they had to hone their skills. And we just mentioned Nathan Killam, for instance, yeah. a little while ago. Mm-hmm. When Nathan undertook that, and you may remember, he had the fastest bike that night. Yes. Well. So for him, it was phenomenal. Yeah. But for us to be on the racetrack, mm. there were, I don't think anyone didn't enjoy that. Yeah. And you... As you remember, there was a billionaire there who led the field as well, mm-hmm. starting off. He's very much involved with Chris McCormack, Michael Brown. And so we do need to certainly compliment Michael for yeah. bringing that event here. And hopefully it's going to be successful worldwide. Perhaps it will come back at least to the Okanagan. I certainly hope so. But I thought the format uh, was terrific. And I was just sorry we didn't get to see everybody go for all three days. Yeah, I mean, we had that amazing time trial on the Friday. We had the uh, age groupers race on Mm -hmm. Saturday, which was just, once again, age groupers going pedal to the metal for, you know, 45 minutes, however long that was. And Mm -hmm. just seeing the the intensity. I mean, that's something you don't see in some of the longer distance races. It was totally entertaining. So It it was indeed. It would be nice to to have that back here and it also meant that if you didn't have the swim performance 
you were off the back mm -hmm. because those guys could ride together and then they, they're off running 14 and a half minute 5Ks just like this. It's yeah. wonderful. And here with guys doing sub 30 minutes sometimes at an ITU race. But we also have to thank Michael Brown for bringing the ITU Multisport World Championships here. That's right. I think that, that was just dynamic. I, I love that. I really did. Mm -hmm. So it was a neat, I mean, we had all the distances here. I mean, he was responsible when it was the World uh, Championships mm -hmm. at that unique, you know, 3160 was that and then mm -hmm. a 30k run i mean uh, not many people have had that opportunity in north america to do that sort of distance and it was uh you know it's kind of like a happy medium between a half iron man and yeah. a full so uh yeah. once again i you know hats off to michael brown for you know taking the chance and bringing that mm -hmm. to town mm -hmm. yeah. and a lot of people doing a quathlon a lot of people doing cross try yeah. to me those would be ideal events that we could certainly continue to host here mm-hmm so going from uh, the shorter, higher-paced uh, events to the longest of the long, uh, you're kind of in a unique situation because you are the voice of Ultraman worldwide. Mm -hmm. um, you're also the race announcer for... Now, how would you phrase this, Steve? It's not necessarily a competitor, but is it? The Ultra 520 and the Ultraman. In Canada, we've got a unique situation mm -hmm. where um, it's Brown and Brown. Steve Brown, Michael Brown, each one has their own ultra-distance race in the South Okanagan. Um, how do you see that playing out in the next few years? Well, in fact, Michael Brown stepped back from uh, the event, uh, from Ultraman Canada. Uh, so Brad Sawa... So, so is, Brad's is taking it on Brad's himself taking now. it on, yeah. yes. Um, Mike was so involved in what was going on there in Ottawa that it, I, I With don't the believe Super it League, yeah. happen. Mm -hmm. So um, Brad did a, a phenomenal job for a first-year event for him in terms of race directing. Uh, and Steve has been around doing this since 1993. So you... I see them as, yeah, you, you may see a bit of competition, but they also complement as well. Mm. But there's choices to be made. And so some of the people are looking at, do I want to qualify for world championships or have the potential to because they're held on the big island? Right. Or is it for me, the adventure, the challenge, uh, the commitment of the race director, etc. They're both very committed. Mm -hmm. uh, and what was happening, I'm not sure if you're fully aware, but... People believed, and Steve had sort of suggested he was going to be stepping back. Mm -hmm. That was 2017. That was last year, when yeah. the yeah, uh, when he decided, and I was there at the finish line of day one. Mm -hmm. And what happened was, uh, he he had let the world know pretty much that this was going to be the last one coming up there. Uh, and so people said, um, you know, we, I'd love to do it. I've always thought about doing it, but you know, you can you hear that a lot. But mm -hmm. it's when people sign up. However. After the end of day one, we were getting all these emails from people saying, I'll do it, I'll do it, please, just keep going. Let's." Do it. And so by the end of day one, there were like 24 people signed up. So Steve said, okay, we'll, we'll continue it. Mm -hmm. And so what had happened in the meantime, because mm -hmm. uh, the Ultraman World Championships people quite rightly assumed that that would be Steve's last. Mm -hmm. And so negotiations went on with Michael Brown and Brad and so they got a contract to host one and so now you've got two events and mm -hmm. both of them are wonderful courses wonderful people yeah. hosting them mm -hmm. and great adventures and challenges and hopefully the souvenirs are in the in the in the experience of it all but also in the Okanagan some Milkameen valleys where few people get to swim bike run certainly those distances they yeah. don't tend to do but there's a lot of people who live here and have done so for years who have never seen the areas that we cover yes there's that stretch of road between Princeton you know it and <laughs> Summerland we went out and we redrove that last yeah. Thursday just yeah. to, to relive, uh, relive some of mm -hmm. the uh, interesting experiences 
Well, of course, uh, 2019 is going to be a important year for the people of Penticton, mayor and council. It's the year mm-hmm. that they they got the big fish back in their net. The Ironman is coming back. I mean, you've been part of the race since day one in the earliest days, and uh, you must have a unique perspective on it. I mean, um, I was thinking about it. I mean, it was, you know, you can't really judge too harshly, I think, Penticton or the city council because at the time they didn't really know what that value of that brand was and um, then of course it went to Whistler and Penticton of course had no opportunity through you know Brown and Kevin Kutchar with the with the challenge which didn't really deliver the numbers that they were hoping for which says you know I would say something a lot about uh, the perhaps fickleness or brand loyalty of triathletes but now that it is back in Penticton what do you think what does it mean for you what does it mean for the city what does it mean for a triathlon in Canada well I think it's very very exciting I'm really happy about it of course because to me Penticton was one of the meccas for the sport and uh, what's happened since this announcement I've had all sorts of emails and correspondence and phone calls from different people what what's the question they're asking well, well, that's one question, yeah. Um, and I don't know the answer to that, to be honest. No one does. All we know is who the race director is at this point. Um, but the the, uh, the calls I've been getting, like uh, one of the gentlemen who uh, raced in 1983, he signed up again. Uh, a gentleman who was second in 1985 has signed up again. And one of the pros, Cam Brown from, uh, from New, New Zealand. Zealand. 12-time winner there and second and third at world championships he's now 47 i think and uh he contacted me and said you know it's one race i I regret never having done so i'm hoping to be there and so Mm. you you look at those types of people and many others who are who are down there signing up when the announcement was made yes it's like it's going to be maybe the branding is back but it's the bonding that's also back and i love that because there's a lot of people who just want to be part of the the tribe again, so to speak, mm-hmm. and that includes people in the Iron Army, the volunteers. Absolutely. Now, many of them may not come back because they've moved on to other things yeah. or moved out of the community or just not capable now, but my hope is a lot of the spouses, a lot of the kids uh, will come and join us and, and be there as spectators, perhaps as volunteers. Yes. You know, and yeah. Iron Mates. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about it because uh, I think we lost our role in the world of triathlon as a result sadly but again we do need to thank people like uh, Kevin and Mike for yeah. doing what what they needed to do in order to continue to have triathlon at least be a focus point here yeah absolutely um do you think we're going to see a return of the dickheads <laughs> Funny <laughs> you should mass. say that well um yeah Ed Wong tells me uh he and his wife Kathy are coming back to volunteer uh-huh uh, Ed Russell, I've been told uh, by a friend, is coming to volunteer. And Dick Enslin contacted me about seeing if the Dickheads could form perhaps a relay or oh, get okay. together with Sister Madonna for a relay. Right, yes. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Sister Madonna, she's still racing. She just won the Nationals again in the 85 to 89 division. <laughs> she's 89 now. Wow. Um, so she doesn't want to go long mm, anymore. Yeah. Uh, but it would be nice to have them here. So we've invited yeah. her, of course, to come and party with us. <laughs> Absolutely. Which she has done many times. And she's coming, way. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when we take a look at the sport of triathlon, I mean, Canada has its 
own you know legendary performances peter reed laurie bowden lisa bentley um simon whitfield of course galvanizing mm-hmm. galvanizing the nation but um you've been following the sport and you've been part of the sport for so long what are some names that you know we should know about but we don't the unsung heroes of this sport well, straight away, what comes to mind for me when we say unsung heroes, of course, you've got to look at the race directors, yeah. the amount of time, energy, uh, volume of sheer work they put in to make that happen. You've got to look at uh, triathlon officials and volunteers. To me, they're the great unsung heroes, uh, but they're the ones who ho- also hopefully go away feeling really good about their contribution because without them, of course, the athletes wouldn't get the full experience. But I also have my people... Larry Fagan, you, you may know Larry. So who's he's, Larry? Larry's with Subaru. Okay. And um, originally he was on board as a sponsor. Uh-huh. And then he became an athlete. And here he is now. He's the chair of TriBC. Uh-huh. And so I love to, you know, things like that. The evolution, yeah. To, uh, uh, give. And then I think of uh, some people who have gone on to extraordinary things. One of the, the, the winner in 84 was uh, John Winterdike. Mm. And John was the first Canadian to go sub 10 hours. He did it at that race. Then he was the first Canadian to go sub 9 hours. He did that in Holland. And here's John. He's still uh, racing uh, away. We, we saw him recently oh, really? in Penticton again. So to me, it was wonderful to see here's someone uh, continuing to challenge himself, uh-huh. you know, doing grand fondos and events like that. Mm-hmm. I also think of people like Tony O'Keefe. Um, here's a guy who's gone to Ultraman World Championships. He's won his Second, age group. Yeah. yeah, and he's gone to Worlds, but he's also um, winning his age group now at the uh, Ironman, uh, continues to do that. And he's coaching. I think of uh, Gerard Charlton, who used to do uh, Iron Man, went to uh, one hour Ultraman and became only the third person to finish the Uberman. The Uberman, these, yes. These, these are some of my heroes. But also people like Marty Raymond. He used to be a pro. He did Ultraman quite a few times, but he was a pro racing with the likes of Spencer Smith. Uh-huh. And then you've got people like Beth Primrose. She's been in the sport for years out of Ontario mm-hmm. and locally. Um, we have people like Donna Mazurkowicz. She did every Ironman from like 1985 onwards. And we've got Joanne Montgomery, our original winner in 1983 yeah. of our first triathlon, the Peach Classic. The Peach, and she yes. is still racing every year. Still current, so, still active. Yes. Yeah. So those are the sort of people that a lot of a lot of people may not be fully aware of, and I think we need to give them credit, as you say, yeah. Yeah. the unsung heroes. Absolutely, whether it's a race director or a long, long-term long uh, competitor, participant. Totally. Mm-hmm. You've been race announcing for quite some time. You, from what I've read, kind of fell into the role accidentally. You were the guy who happened to cross the finish line first, and you uh, saw that there was a need for some recognition of the people who were behind you, and so you grabbed the microphone and started announcing races. Um, is that That's the straight goods? <laughs> when, when I came here, there were no races, so I formed a running club, and Gene and I started putting on some races, and at that time, I was good enough to be at the front of the field so I wanted to race in them mm-hmm. uh, so I'd race in them and when I finished I grabbed the ball horn and started calling people in and then um, then with our triathlon they asked me if I'd do that because I was the one who sort of came up with an idea for a beach classic and huh? went to Mike and Lynn uh, with Al Johnson and the Van Doves as they were or Van Ertz at the time and um, so they got it off the ground uh, and then Man Distance came into town mm-hmm. a month later yeah. and uh, Ron Zelko and Lynn Van Duff asked if I would 
announced, but they asked me on the morning of the event. <laughs> a lot of time to prepare. Well, no time at all. Uh, and it, I was a bit shaken by that simply because I'd already arranged to go running with some people so oh. that we could watch the event. We oh. had arranged certain locations to be able to do that. And so I, I must admit, I hesitated initially before the start of the race and then said, yeah, why not? And, and it went well. And so... Uh, from then on, it just moved. Other people asked me if I'd come and do the same thing. So running races, triathlons. I was reading, where is Steve King this weekend? Um, you do cross-country skiing events. Mm. Um, what's your favorite sort of event to be the announcer at? Well, I do love ultras, I must say, yeah. whether they're running ultras, whether they're triathlon ultras. I love the three-day events. I love to see how the tactical things happen and how people get through or just barely make it. Mm-hmm. Or, and sometimes they don't. And I mean, yeah. those stories do do hurt. But uh, uh, I love seeing that and I love being a part of those. Uh, I, I also love things like Grand Fondo. Why is that? Field. Grand Fondo yeah. is fantastic. It's Look just so the, fast. Yeah, it's so fast, but mm-hmm. the people we get. Yeah. I love the first 15 minutes when people are starting and they're going past me and <laughs> I get to wave and mm-hmm. yell at them. But then when they come screaming in as well, it's fantastic yeah. because everyone's in a good space. Mm-hmm. You really have an unhappy rider uh-huh. at the Grand Fondo. Huh. And you look at the talent yeah. uh, that has come to join us. Oh, yeah. Different sports as well as first-class cyclists. Yeah. I also, um, this year, like I do quite a few marathons and I enjoy them, especially when people are having goals and that could be a personal best, it could be a Boston qualifier, whatever. So I like to see those and I like to chat with some of the Kenyan runners and do interviews with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing with Ironman 70.3s, all those events I love. I love doing the kids races when you see youngsters. We had like 14 three-year-olds do the uh, (laughs) Okanagan Falls uh, triathlon, for instance. Oh, really? To me, that's just brilliant to see that. Uh, But we had a special event this year, first time, uh, which was the Okanagan 24, which was a 24-hour mountain bike race. Uh, And uh, And where was that held again? That that was held at Silver Star. Okay. And uh, Corey Wallace... Uh, and uh, Leighton Pardaban were the organizers and Corey just won his third world title mm-hmm. of the 24 in Brazil. He yes. won it for a third time mm-hmm. and Leighton's a brilliant athlete, been on national team. So these were the co-race directors and they said to us, well, we'll get you a, a place to stay overnight so you can sleep during the course of it. I said, uh-uh, if we're going there for 24 hours, I want to be out to commentate for 24 hours. And I don't think they realized we were capable of doing that, but we did and we thoroughly enjoyed How it. did you do that? Quite easily. I yeah. mean, we just went with the flow of everything and Gene was doing the recording shoots beside me so I knew who was coming who was going out what laps and what times we had it all organized so it was quite easy to do and it easy to do for 24 hours easy for us (laughs) I mean it just flowed and the athletes it was brilliant to see because they really raced hard I Mm -hmm. mean the last team made the final 15k cutoff by like a minute and 30 seconds to spare. Uh-huh. So, yeah, and then the individuals, the battles that went on there, different oh, age yeah. categories. So yeah. I love that. So you're living off the uh, the adrenaline of the event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of caffeine going down or? Uh, well, I'm not much of a caffeine drinker. I like my uh, cup of tea. I see, we're drinking tea right now, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you've announced many of these things. There's gotta be a time where something didn't go quite as you wanted it to go. Uh, Mm -hmm. Any stories about most embarrassing moments as a race announcer? Well, yeah, there certainly is a most embarrassing one. I think um, I've got two that came to mind for me, uh, or do come to mind right now. One was uh, at UBC. Uh, They have been in such a position, I had to keep looking over the heads of all the spectators, and there were loads of them. 
and athletes were going in like three different directions. And I'm watching athletes because they had staggered starts. I'm watching athletes flying out. So uh, this is for the triathlon. Yeah, triathlon. Okay. Yeah. Watching the tri- the athletes going flying out on the, on their run. Meanwhile, I was aware that uh, Mark Bates was out on the course and leading. Uh-huh. However, Mark had a flyover run. I'm commentating over here. <laughs> Unbeknown to me, because of the, I'm looking over heads, Mark had just run across the finish line. And I, I'm saying, and Mark Bates should be here sometime soon. And someone said, there he is. He's already oh, finished. My so that was uh, uncomfortable for me. But, uh, but the other time was something like it made me duck my head. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was on the finish line at Ironman. And... Um, a lady had to withdraw on the bike and she was walking underneath me. I won't give you her name. I remember it so well. I had to duck my head in shame there for a while because mm-hmm. I shouted down, what's happened? And she said, um, my clavicle is broken. And for some reason, <laughs> I got on the mic. I said, unfortunately, she's got a broken cervix. <laughs> so well, so I, I hid for like 10 minutes before I reappeared after that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so as a race announcer, you, you have a unique perspective. Um, right now, I'm working on this little project of mine for the magazine, uh, collecting pet peeves connected mm. to the world of triathlon. Um, as a race announcer, do you have any pet peeves connected to the sport, the people, the, you know, the whole yeah. politics of it? Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily want to get into the politics because, unfortunately, you know, politics over the years can tarnish uh, certain things. Mm. And I... I I, I choose to step back. I appreciate we need that in there. But for me, I, I see it as almost like a play. It's what goes on mm. when the curtains open that matters and people enjoy their time. Uh, and so when it comes to things like um, uh, pet peeves, a couple of things that come to mind. I was at a national championships and I'd spoken to the organizer uh, well before. I said, you've got a sound system. you got this, you got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I turned up, it was like a ice cream van with one of those tinny little things on the top. Oh my! And I was at a marathon one time where they handed me a bullhorn. We're uh-huh. talking a major city wow. marathon because the uh, sound system people had not turned up. Oh my! I mean that was really uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, so but uh, the show must go on. The show must go on. Oh um, wow! And the other thing that is a bit of a pet peeve for me, I I issue for some races what a, a bio form so that I ask athletes certain questions biographical questions so I get a fuller picture of who the athlete is what they've done and and a number of people will put something like too many to mention oh they don't they don't list one they just put too many to mention uh-huh. it was like please think about it's almost like if someone were doing this with you this interview, yeah. and you've asked questions yeah. and, and they've just sort of blown it off yeah and yet I, so when I get to see them, because most times, at least for Ultraman, I'll sit and interview everybody the day before. Uh-huh. And so I do get the fuller story and I try and drag it out of them. But some people are shy. Some people are reticent. Some people aren't. Um, you know, they're self-effacing. They, they're not necessarily comfortable in telling you their backstory. Uh-huh. But when you find out, yeah. I love it. And it's mm-hmm. fascinating stuff. Yeah. What would you say uh, is one of your most rewarding moments or, uh, as a race announcer? Uh, I would say two really come to mind in terms of being most rewarding. One was the Grand Fondo when uh, Eddie Merckx was here. Yeah. I couldn't believe the the greatest cyclist of all time was here in Penticton, and I got to meet him. Yeah. I mean, I've known Axel for quite a while, but to have yes. a man who's won 525 
mm-hmm. uh, professional races, the yeah. cannibal himself, yes. here in town and yeah. having breakfast. And he was calling the Tour de France <laughs> at the time. And there was really, yeah. any road, with, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the Grand Fondo. Yeah. That was certainly one of them. And the other was um, probably at the 1994 Commonwealth Games, Paul. I was a swimming announcer on site. Mm-hmm. And uh, there have been no records set. I mean, there were national records set for different countries mm-hmm. and stuff, but no world records. And then the final night, and people were complaining a bit about Paul, saying, you know, uh, that maybe it wasn't the greatest Paul, but we mm-hmm. believed it was. And, and what city was that in? This was in uh, Victoria. Victoria, okay. Yeah. And so uh, Kieran Perkins of Australia, mm-hmm. here we are, the men's 1,500 metres. Funny thing, just before the start, a person approached me, one of the officials, he said, um, what are you going to do during the 15 minutes to keep people entertained? I said, well, I'm going to be calling the race. Plenty of, you know, like, he said, well, yeah, but it's likely to be 15 minutes. I said, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. not Anyway, a... it was sort of funny hearing uh-huh. someone say that. Uh-huh. But anyway, Kieran Perkins absolutely destroyed um, not only the 800 meter world record en route, but the world record for 1500 meters, and it was so good. I had friends in Australia uh-huh. uh, contact me later on and say, "Steve, that was fantastic. We could hear. No, what a neat. swim! What a swim!" Uh-huh. And it was so good. The royal family members were there yeah. that evening as well, uh-huh. and it was a perfect way to wrap wow. up the swimming in in the uh, Commonwealth Games. Mm-hmm. Um, you still keep a schedule. Um, you turned 70. Mm-hmm. Yes. You've got to, like I've been checking your website, you're a, you're a busy guy, and we talked about that at the start of the interview, but a schedule that would tire out, you know, a lot of folks half of your age. What's your motivation for being such a busy guy? I mean, what do you do to take care of yourself? You're, you're such a driven man. Well, I'd like to think driven in a positive way. I, I certainly, um, I love, because I don't race these days, I'd love to race, believe me, I'm just not able to right now. I've got some physical issues that have, have made a difference for the last 12 years or so, uh, but it keeps me vicariously involved in the sport, which I love, and in touch with the people. Um, so that, I, I love my job. I do some online um, uh, teaching uh, around a number of different issues, not, not to do with triathlon or racing. Uh, the other thing I do is I buy lots of tickets. In other words, we go to a lot of festivals, we go to the Dream Cafe, we go to music concerts where we can. I do get out and walk, I do get out and jog when I can. I do Occasionally I'll, I'll do our park run here in Penticton if I can. I love music, um, I, I write, I read a lot, and uh, I love to travel. So those things sort of keep me really busy in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing you haven't mentioned, because I know you probably don't do a lot of it, you could correct me if I'm wrong, how many hours of sleep you get a night or a day? Well, I'm not a very uh, good sleeper. So literally some nights I don't sleep a wink. Oh, um, really? I, I sleep anywhere from no sleep to maybe five hours. So uh, I don't fret about it though. A lot of people fret about that sort of stuff. What I do is I'll certainly lay in bed um, and if I realize it's not going to happen, yeah. I'll go down and start writing something, yeah. answering emails, mm. uh, reading something. Always something to do. Yeah, hey? there is. Yeah. Because the, the one thing you realize when you hit 70 is mm. also time goes extremely fast. Yeah. I mean, here we are looking at the end of people already talking about Christmas, New Year, and what they're doing <laughs> next year. Yeah. Even earlier this evening, I said to Gene, oh, so-and-so race is definitely happening next year. And mm-hmm. then we heard about another race that's now cancelled. Mm. Yeah, here we are, all these years later. And 2020 Olympic Games is coming up again. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, the circle yeah. keeps turning and, you know, we're just alongside with that. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you lived in Penticton now? I originally came here in 1974. Uh, this is where I met 
my wife Jean, mm -hmm. and uh, then we took off for three years, went around the world backpacking, came back in 78 to this area, but moved permanently and into this house in 1980. 1980, so mm -hmm. that's coming on 40 years if my math serves me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if up. you could... Uh, Change one thing about your hometown of Penticton, mm. what would that be? Well, I love summer. Mm -hmm. I wish we could have nine months of summer <laughs> here. Uh, but I, lo I love all the seasons, but summer I really like. Yeah. I think for many, uh, to me, Penticton is a truly hidden gem. It's a hidden jewel, whatever way you want to look at that. I knew, uh, I'd only been here a couple of weeks and I was sitting down by the SS Sycamus. This was in 74 and this felt like home to me. I yeah. absolutely realized this mm -hmm. was where I needed to be. I mean, you think of uh, Scar Bluffs, they've become world recognized. You think of cross country skiing, snowshoeing, downhilling, the trails we have, the cross tries we could have here. There's no oh, end. So of much opportunities now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There used to be one or two events a year. Yeah. Now we have a whole host. You could be doing something in this area when you look, for, say, from Kelowna to Asoyas, uh -huh. pretty much every weekend of the year. Yeah. There are events. Special so, place. Yeah, it's a special place. Mm -hmm. And um, when I think of what I would change, very, very little. Yeah. I, I mean, I love the people who live here. I love the people who are willing to dedicate their time and energy. Yeah. And I think we have to realize just how fortunate we are to be able to live in this part of the world. We, we are the 1%. Mm, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Steve. It's been thank a pleasure you. talking to you. Uh, best of success. Any writing projects that we should know about on the horizon? Um, not necessarily writing projects. Although I've, I've been doing something, I've got like 70 pages of notes I've put together. Um, I, lo I love to stay curious and stay fascinated and stay active and I think those are the things but I think if I, if I were looking at something long term my ultimate goal uh, would be to be a multi-millionaire philanthropist that ah. I could wake up every morning and decide how I could help different people without them ever knowing mm. I think that would be the ultimate job uh, mm. we'll see where that goes I'm also hoping to continue with uh, teaching PTSD healing techniques uh, to continue to travel and hopefully become a half-decent musician. Yes, that's a, that's a career that you're working on and have been for quite some time, right? Yep, it's something Writing I love music, doing. performing. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say I'm any good, but I enjoy it. And to mm -hmm. me, that's what sport is all about. That's well. absolutely if right. If it's worth yeah. doing, it's worth doing poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again so much for your time, Steve. Thank you. Here's your Fitzpeak 77 upcoming event schedule. This time we start things off over in Abbotsford, or Sumas Mountain to be exact. We'd like to tell you about the Valley Verticular. It's kind of like the sun run of trail racing out here in the Fraser Valley. This year's events are taking place on Saturday, October 19th. It's a hilly bugger with some very challenging elevation gains. You have two distances to choose from. The first is a 16K option, the second is a 25km option. The Abbotsford Trail Running Club puts this one on and to sign up you can go just directly to their website, valleyverticular.com. Again it's valleyverticular.com. Now if you're more of a turtle than a mountain goat when it comes to running, we have an event for you as well. This running event is called the Turtle Dash and it's a fundraiser for animal conservation and is sponsored by the Greater Vancouver Zoo. The cool thing about this event is that you get to run through the zoo so you can get motivated by all the critters and maybe get in touch with that inner cheetah of yours. There's two distances. One is a one kilometer race, the other is a five kilometer. You can sign up now for the Sunday, September 14th event 
by Googling Turtle Dash 2019. That's Turtle Dash 2019. Just another reminder that the pool at the Mission Leisure Center is closed for their annual maintenance and repairs from now until the middle of September. Maybe it'll give you a chance to try out that cool 50-meter pool at Walnut Grove, or maybe just head into Abbotsford and give the rec center there a try. Finally, just to let you know that if your group or organization has something coming up in the world of health, wellness, or fitness, we want to hear about it. Whether that's an upcoming fundraising run, a new exercise group, or a local health initiative, it's all good, and we want to fit speak about it. Just give us a comment on the FitSpeak website and we'll be in touch with you. And that's your FitSpeak 77 upcoming event schedule. You've just walked into your bedroom from the kitchen to look for, what was that again? You just met a new person. They've told you their name. Then when you go to use it, it's, sorry, but who were you? You're at the grocery store on the way home from work. You need to pick up eggs, bread, and what else? Welcome to the rest of your life. I'm Kevin Hines, and this is the Fit Tip of the Week. This one thanks to BeBrainFit.com. If you've been on the planet long enough to remember what DOS is, this one's for you. As you've probably realized, your memory, especially the short-term stuff, isn't as sharp as it used to be. For most of us, that doesn't mean the end of the world after all. Brain function does slightly deteriorate over time. As well, there's some medication that can contribute to short-term memory loss. The purpose of this piece is to give you a few tips on how to make that short-term memory a little bit better. Tip number one, limit the amount of crap in your diet. There's nothing new or revolutionary in this one. Refined white sugar, as sweet as it is, causes inflammation in the brain and damages neurons. If you take way too much of it, you know how you feel. Your glucose levels get revved up and that contributes to short-term memory loss and a lowered attention span. So the next time you do grab that coffee, go from three sugar packets to two of them. Take those baby steps to get you moving in the right direction and your memory will thank you for it. Tip number two, let's stay with the coffee theme because if you drink it black or with an absolute minimal amount of sugar, it's good for your short-term memory. Now you know that our wonder drug of choice is of course coffee. However, you can also get caffeine in a number of other delivery systems. For example, tea will do the trick. Whether it's black or green, tea does have caffeine, somewhere in the range of 25 to 50 milligrams per 8 ounce cup. That's a bit lower than coffee, but more is not better. Finally, here's our third tip to help you improve your short-term memory, and this one may surprise you. Stop multitasking. If you're talking to your kids, don't be reading the newspaper. If you're reading your email, don't talk to your husband. If you're driving, drive. Don't be planning tonight's meal on the phone. Research from a couple of years back suggests that as we age, usually sometime after about 40 years of age, the more distractions we have that pull us away from the main task at hand do contribute to significant short-term memory loss. Meaning that after one or two of those distractions from your coworkers at the office, you're going to have more difficulty getting back to that original task. Kind of sounds like a loss of productivity to me. 
How about a closed door or a polite smile and an I'm busy right now? That'll probably help you get the job done more efficiently. You can always catch up on your co-workers pictures of the cats at your coffee break. Or better still, never. Although there's a lot more things you can do to minimize your short-term memory loss, we figured we didn't want to overload your brain. So for now, these three will suffice. What were those three tips? Ah, I hoped you'd ask. Tip one, less sugar in your diet. Tip two, moderate caffeine. Tip three, no more multitasking. Just do this. And you'll likely do it better and more efficiently. And that's your Fit Tip of the Week. And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wensing Cycle and Mission. Your Wenting's Word of the Week is Vuelta. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is Vuelta. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether your goals are iron, golden, or ultra, our low client-to-coach ratio ensures you get the one-on-one time you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page to book your free consultation and goal-setting session. We'd like to thank our guest this week, multi-sport legend and man of many talents, Steve King. Be listening next time when we'll have Vancouver's Winston Gow as our guest. We'll also have Kevin Watt back for more social media shout-outs, and Zach Neufeld will be here for more brain food for you on Between the Ears. For all of us at FitSpeak, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening. <laughs>